0: Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. And Romans chapter 5. You know, when a tornado hits, we're left with feelings of shock, we're left with feelings of all, we're left with feelings of helplessness. Our emotions come onto us. We see pictures. We watch videos. We hear the stories of families. And when we're safe and we hear of others that aren't, our mind goes into, wow. And it starts to comprehend. These are real people. Not only are these real people, these are real people in our town. They're experiencing something that I'm not experiencing. And it just can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming when something so catastrophic hits so close to you and yet you're safe and others are not. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we open up His Word and dive in. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for for who You are. Lord, thank You for providing so great a salvation to whosoever will. Lord, we don't know everything. We don't have the answers to everything. but We're going to trust in you. Lord, we don't have a blind faith. We have a faith that we trust. We can't see everything. We can't know everything. We don't have all the experience. But Lord, would you help us see some of your glory this morning as we go through your word? In the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. We want to lift your name, Lord. Amen and amen. Matthew chapter 5. Verse number 43, Matthew 5, verse number 43. Ye have heard that that it, it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, watch verse 45 that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Watch this for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. People ask, why did this happen? Because bad things happen. That's why it happened. The goodness of God, you know what that is? Sun on those that are evil. <laughs> The goodness of God. You know what that is? Rain for the farmer that's unjust and lives a wicked life. That's our God. Sometimes a tornado comes and it's on the just, it's on the good man, it's on the good woman. Nobody did anything wrong. Nobody. Tornadoes come. I had to work this weekend. And praise God, I, I pray for sav- travel journey mercies and I, and, I, and I pray that I'd get back home to my family and I, and I, and I pray for my church family and I, and I pray for competitors that nobody gets hurt and we're not even an hour or two into the tournament. Uh, and a boy gets a bloody nose on the mat and he just collapses. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't get hit. He didn't get hurt. Why does it happen? Because bad things happen. Sin entered into the world. I don't have the answer. The medic didn't have the answer. Now, praise God. They kept him awake. He was responsive when the ambulance left. And we're going to get the report on that either today or tomorrow. He didn't do anything wrong. Bad things happen. Sin has entered into the world. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. Romans 5.12, the Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entereth into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, when there is no law, where'd the little babies go? Where'd the little boys go? Where'd the little kids go that died off the tornado They went to heaven to be with the Lord? That's where they went. Sin was not imputed to their charge. Yes, they were conceived in sin. Yes, they have a sin nature, but God says, you know what? I'm not going to hold it to your account. I'm not going to charge it to your account. That's the goodness of our God. Amen. Why did this happen? Why did God allow this to happen? It isn't time to blame God. It's time to seek God. God cares for you. He cares for me. He cares for all the people. And He loves them very, very, very much. Let's go over to 2 Chronicles. Back in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Crocodiles, 2nd Crocodiles, or Chronicles. We'll get 2nd Chronicles. 2nd Chronicles chapter number five. Second Chronicles chapter number 5. Hold your spot there. You know the Bible says in Romans 12, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Right now, our town is in a time of weeping. Brother Jimmy, what do I do? Church, what do we do? Christians, what do we do? Well, we weep with those that weep. We don't have to have an answer for everything. I don't, you don't. Weep with them that weep. You know, in the Bible, people lament to get closer to God. Let's draw closer to God. Let's draw closer to others. The question I ask, does anybody cry out to God anymore? Does anybody weep over what's happening in our sin-cursed world anymore? Does anybody lament over the things that happen and and the way that some people live their lives? There's no crying anymore. There's no weeping anymore. There's no lamenting anymore. America stands there like a statue and we've removed our emotions that God has given us. But God wants us to cry aloud. Lift up our voice unto the King of glory. Let others know who He is. Weep with the brother and sister that has suffered from the loss of a loved one. Lament over a town that has suffered such a tragedy. Not only physically, but spiritually. Other Mike says, look, we're not giving lollipops out to just feed their physical. He's going and he's making sure he's going to feed them with spiritual nutrition. Don't cry over somebody that died without crying over the lost sinner that's alive and hasn't died yet. Don't cry over the physical death without crying as you go through town and you see dead people walking because they're alive physically, but they're spiritually dead inside. To lament is to greatly mourn, to weep, to wail, to express sorrow. And it is time to lament over the Christian mom that lost their son or their daughter. The teenage boy or the teenage girl that lost their mommy and daddy because the tornado took them out. It's the calm, the quietness that we forget. That's why there's noise everywhere. Noise, distraction. I have to travel, and it's two days, 48 hours of almost constant stress, and not in a bad way, just stressors. I get these ear things to put on, so I, it cancels out noise. You go into the airport, it's noisy. You go into an airplane, it's noisy. You get off the airplane, you go into a gym with a bunch of fighters and all these guys that want to get amped up to fight, and that's loud. Well, put. I want to cancel out the noise, and I got to go back to the airport. Put them on. Then I go in the airplane. Put them on. And we finally decide. Well, let's just get a nice. Let's have a nice relaxing meal. Restaurants was louder than everything. <laughs> it's okay to just be quiet. Meditate on God and His glory and His goodness, and to think about, Lord, what would You have me do? Second Chronicles, chapter five. Second Chronicles chapter, I'm sorry. Let's go to thirty-five. Second Chronicles, thir, uh, chapter thirty-five. Second Chronicles chapter thirty-five, verse number twenty. Thirty-five, verse number twenty. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Karchemesh by Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me. That he destroy thee not. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself that he might fight with him and hearken not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. We need some more Josiahs that are ready to stand up and fight. We don't need more sissified little boys running around not knowing if they're a boy or a girl. We need some more Josiahs that are ready to get up, put their feet on the ground, pull up their trousers, and get out there and get in the battle to fight. That's what we need. Men, boys to grow up to be men, not boys to grow up to be some sissified definition of what the world wants a man to be like. We need more Josiahs. Now look what happened. And the archers shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. His chariots therefore took him out of that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died. And he was buried in one of the sepulchres, and his father and his of his fathers, and all Judah and Jerusalem, mourned for Josiah. You know what he did? He went out and he fought, and he died. And you know what we have military men do? They go out and they fight for a cause, for their country, for our freedom. They serve selflessly. You know what happens to some of them? They die. And we lament over that, and we cry over that, and we weep over that, and we should. But I'm praying to God that this church raises up some men and some women right in these pews that are going to get up and fight. What if the arrow comes and he gets killed? He got up and he fought. I'm not going to live forever. The next preacher is in this pulpit isn't going to live forever. But somebody's got to be behind here that's going to compel the troops to get out and fight because you won't fight on your own. That's why we need to be compelled by the Word of God. And it's the only hope for America. It's the only hope for the Filipino people. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. And our battle cry is to put on the armor of God. Our battle cry is not to sit idle. It's to get out and fight. And we don't be afraid of the arrows. Suck it up, buttercup, right? Don't be afraid of an arrow. Don't be afraid of dying. We've got the victory. We've got the victory. Don't insult my God by putting on a fun fest at 11 a.m. at church. We are not here to run a fun fest. We are here to prepare the troops for battle against the spiritual enemy. And so here's what Jeremiah did. Verse number 25. He lamented for Josiah. And you know what we're doing now We're lamenting for those that have lost life, have lost property. And all the singing men, and the singing women, spake of Josiah and their lamentations of this day and made them an ordinance in Israel and beheld they are written in the lamentations. Talk about it. Sing about it. Remember it. Tell your children about it. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness according to that which was written in the law of the Lord. And his deeds, first and last, behold, they are written in the books of the kings of Israel and Judah. Write a book about it. You know how many Christian men and women are missionaries? I love reading the books and the stories about the missionaries. People wrote books about them so that we can learn. Let's go to Job. Right before Psalms and Proverbs, we'll find the book of Job. And we're going to get chapter number 37. We're going to read a bit of scripture. Starting at verse 9, Job 37, verse 9. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind. That's not a prophecy, by the way, of a tornado coming through the south. So, you know, that's not tornado alley there. But hear what it says. Out of the south cometh the whirlwind, and cold out of the north. By the breath of God, frost is given, and the breath of the waters is straightened. Also, by watering, he weareth the thick clouds, he scattereth his bright clouds. And it is turned round about by his counsels that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world and the earth. He causeth it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. God knows we don't. Hearken unto this, O Job, stand still, and consider the wondrous works of God. Dost thou know when God disposed them and caused the light of his cloud to shine? Dost thou know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him which is perfect in knowledge? How thy garments are warm when he quieteth the earth by the south wind? Hast thou with him spread out the sky which is strong and as a molten looking glass? Teach us what we shall say unto him, for we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. Shall it be told him that I speak? If a man speaks, surely he shall be swallowed up We're going to read verse 30 or we're going to read chapter 38 but before I do our reasoning for lamenting shouldn't be to just get answers from God it should be to restore and get a closer relationship and draw closer and commune with our God. We don't have to have every single answer for every single thing that happens. We should lament to draw closer to who our God is. Chapter 38, look at this. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and He says, so God's going to he appears to Job in the world when he doesn't give him answers. Watch what God does. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? or who has laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Look at all these questions. Who shut up the sea with doors? When it break forth, as if it had issued out of the womb. But I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and thick darkness, a swaddling band for it, and break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come but no further and here shall thy proud ways be stayed. Hast thou commanded the morning since thy days, and caused the day spring to know his place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, that the wicked might be shaken out of it? It is turned as clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment, and from the wicked their light is withholden, and the high arms shall be broken. Hast thou entered into the springs of the sea, or hast thou walked in the search of the depth? Have the gates of death been opened upon thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Hast thou perceived the breath of the earth? Declare it, if thou knowest at all. Where is the way where light dwelleth? And as for darkness, where is the place thereof? That thou shouldest take it to the bound thereof, and that thou shouldest know the path to the house thereof? Knowest thou it because thou wast then born? Or because the number of thy days is great? Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow, Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? By what way is the light parted, which scattereth the east wind upon the earth? Who who hath divided the watercourse for the overflowing of waters, or a way for the lightning of thunder to cause it to rain in the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth? Hath the rain a a father? Or who hath begotten the drops of dew? Out of the womb came the ice and the hoary frost of heaven. Who hath gendered it? The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Canst thou bind the sweet influence of Pleiades, or loose the bands of Orion? Can thou thou bring forth Maseroth in his season? Or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Knowest thou the ordinance of heaven? Canst thou set the dominion thereof in the earth? Canst thou lift up the voice to the cloud, the abundance of waters may cover thee? Canst thou send lightnings, that they may go and say unto thee, Here we are, who hath put wisdom in the inward parts, who hath given understanding to the heart, who can number the clouds in wisdom, or who can stay the bottles of heaven when when the dust groweth into hardness, and the clods cleave fast together? Will thou hunt the prey for the lions? For the lion, or fill the appetite of the young lions, when they couch in their dens and abide in the co in the covert to lie in wait, who provideth for the raven his food, when his young ones cry unto God, they wander for lack of meat. Uh, yeah, God, I just kind of wondered why all this is happening to me. <laughs> Answer your child like that. The next time they ask, why do I have to set the table? <laughs> and give them that long of an answer. You know, like, where was thou when mama was this and that, this? Where was thou when daddy was this and this and this? Why don't you go? You just wear them out. But in chapter 38, God doesn't just give them a quick answer. He, lo- he lights him up with all these questions. If I, Job, i I try to interrupt God. <laughs> That's, we're impatient. We want the answer. We want all of these things. And God just asks all of these questions. And asking questions. Why? Because he wants Job to realize who he is. Let's lament. Let's weep. Let's cry, but let's not forget who God is. Who is God? Let's seek God. God doesn't ask us to not have emotions. He doesn't ask us to not express those emotions. It's okay to say something, to think something, to do something. But let's not forget to seek God. If you go back to chapter 1 of the book of Job, let's, let's look there. Look at the first chapter of Job and let's look at verses number 19. Look. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young man and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. There's people that woke up in Putnam County and their house is gone. Their children are gone. Then Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. And look what he says in verse 21 and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. I can preach on Job. I can't stand before you and tell you I'm a Job because I would love to be able to wake up after my home has been decimated by a tornado. I would love to be able to wake up and have my home just ripped apart and the children are dead, and I'm there left and say, blessed be the name of the Lord. But I'm standing here telling you, I don't think I can do that. I'd like to think I could. But I'm no Job. And I don't know about you, but I need more of God. I need to seek God more. I need to cry out to God more. It's easy to preach on things. Preaching comes easy to me. It comes natural to me. It comes It's from God. But ask me to do something that I'm not comfortable with or gifted with or blessed with. Or if you're like me, Praise the Lord. I want to meet the family that woke up and said this. That's who I want to meet. And that's what I would strive to try to be like. And I would ask you to strive to be like that as well. If you go over to Job chapter 13. Look, Job's a good guy. He's a good guy. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. This tornado isn't God's judgment upon evil people. Look, things happen. It happened. Job did nothing wrong. Job chapter 13, verse number 24. Look what the Bible says. Wherefore hidest thou thy face and holdest me for thine enemy? You can sense his pain. You can sense his agony. You can sense his longing for communion with God. And he's saying, God, why are you hiding from me? Why are you hiding your face from me? He feels like God is regarding him As his enemy. God said, we know He said, He was perfect and upright, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Go back to Job chapter 1. Last thing we'll look in the book of Job. I just want to look at it one more time. Job chapter 1, look at verse 21. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Everybody together, please, let's say this together as a a congregational. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's say it again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's the one. Let's go over to John chapter 11. run through this right quick. Jesus he loses his friend Lazarus. John chapter 11. Look at verse number 3. I want to just point out a few things. Verse number 3. Look look what it says. Lord, behold he whom thou lovest is sick. He's got someone close to him that's sick. Verse number 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Verse number 35, very familiar Passage of Scripture, it's the shortest sentence there, right? Jesus wept. Look at number 36. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. Jesus loved Lazarus. He lost his friend. Some of us, we lose our friends, we lose our loved ones, we lose our family members. We should seek God because he suffered like a man, and died for us on the cross. He took our wrath. He suffered for us. You know why he did that? Out of love. His love for Lazarus was more powerful than our love for our fellow man. We need to learn to love like Jesus did. Chaos. He entered into the chaos. God is not the author of suffering. He suffered for us. God is not about death, He's about life, but these are written. You might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you might have life through His name. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He's not the author of death, Jesus Christ gives life. And where there's pain, where there's suffering, when there's loss, when there's destruction... God is there. Okay. People say, the tornado came. The people that got wiped out must have done something wrong. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Look at Luke chapter 13. I think you're really going to like this. Luke chapter 13 These guys are sacrificing at Jerusalem. Pilate comes and he kills them all. Watch what it says. Luke 13, verse number one. There were present at the season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. So what happened is the animals that they were sacrificing that blood and then Pilate kills all these guys and then all their blood and all the animal bloods all mingled together. And so now watch what happens in verse number two. And Jesus answering said unto them, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. In other words, you really think that Pilate killing these guys proves that these guys were bad guys? You really think that? Watch what he says. Verse three. I tell you, nay, don't think that. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Don't try to think because Pilate killed all these guys and all that blood, the animal sacrifices are mingled together and those guys are bad guys. No, Pilate's a nut, bad things happen and that's what happens there. And he says, no, pay attention, nay, Except you repent, you should all likewise perish. Don't look at a circumstance that happens and say, oh yeah, well, it's a bad guy, that's why it happens. No, you need to remember, you need to repent. Lost people need to repent. We all need to repent, right? It's repentance towards God and what? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We get our eyes fixed on something that's an issue, but it's not the real issue. We come up with a reason, and then we think, oh, that's yeah, that's the reason. Now watch what happens again. Verse number four. Or those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. So this tower falling, it's, it's fresh in their mind. It's got to be. And so Jesus is bringing it up. And then, so what's the point? Yeah, see, the tower fell. Yeah, that tower back there wiped them all out. Those guys got to be evil. And God says, nope. You know why it fell? Because towers fall. That's why it fell. The point is what in Luke 13? Repent. You and I can't figure out all the ways of God and we see a millifraction of what happens. The perishing in the tower isn't the problem. The perishing at the hand of Pilate isn't the problem. The problem is perishing for eternity. We can't lose sight of that problem. People are perishing for eternity because they won't repent and trust the Savior. You don't have to turn there, but First Peter four seventeen, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? What is God's will for everyone? To obey the gospel. I had something happen to me yesterday that I have never had happen before. Anybody ever take Uber? Okay, Uber is rather than pay for a taxi. Uber is you can have this little app on your phone and then you call a driver. And this guy comes up in a, in a car and you know you're supposed to check and make sure it has the Uber sticker on it. And I was checking and I, I looked in. He didn't have his Uber sticker. I looked at my phone. I looked at him. Well, the picture looks the same. He knew me by name. I guess this is safe. Get in. <laughs> I mean, that's what you're going on. So we get in. I get in this Uber driver car And he asked me a question that I've never had an Uber driver ask me before. And I've been in quite a few Uber driver cars to get back to an airport to get back home. He says to me, what kind of music do you listen to? (laughs) Usually they put on this, whatever this junk is nowadays, and they just, you know, drive. And I put my (laughs) earphones back on. (laughs) But he asked me, he says, what type of music do you listen to? And so I quickly said, well, Christian music, thinking... Well, this ought to be good, (laughs) because he ain't going to find one. (laughs) And when he does, it's going to be one of these rock and roll outfits, right? So so he's literally, and I'm telling my wife this story, because if she was in the back seat, she would have been, you know, why are you just, you you know what's going to happen here. Why are you trying to put, why are you putting him through this? You know what's going to happen. Well, he's 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 pushing buttons, and what's happening is exactly what I thought was gonna happen. <laughs> he would be pushing buttons for 45 minutes. Pushing, 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 pushing. Nothing, 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 nothing. And finally, I see come across Billy Graham. And he pushed like three passes. I said, Whoa, whoa, whoa stop, stop, that's Billy Graham. He goes back. And for almost 45 minutes, that man heard Billy Graham in the 1960s, give it straight down the line, the gospel. Halfway through the trip, this, this guy's like, he goes like this with his fist as he's driving. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, like when, he, when Billy Graham really got on something, he gave him the gospel right down. So we start to pull up to the airport and I said, what you heard that man preach on, have you heard that message before? He said, I have, but not in a long while. I, and I, I, we started, the conversation started to open up. And I said, Are you trusting in what that man asked you to trust in and in the person he told you to trust in? And he said, I have. I have. But the answer was a little bit unsure. So I don't know if he's saved or he's not saved, but I said, what he told you was truth. And what he told you is from the Bible. Jesus Christ is the only way. I reached in my wallet. I gave him a gospel track. I said, this has the plan of salvation on it as well. We talked for a little bit more. I so said, if you have any questions, my website's on the back. Feel free to email me. There's more sermons you can listen for free to tell you about Jesus. He was thankful for it. I When I left, and when you're done Uber, they ask you to you know, give a tip and then leave a comment. I left them a great tip and I left them a great comment. I just thought that was the best Uber drive. Well, I'm telling you that story is because there are people that have obeyed not the gospel. You can't create the opportunities that God can create. But what you can do is be so in tune to seeking after God is that when it comes up, you're ready, you're prepared. And I just thought that was the best thing that happened to me in a long time. It was one of the easiest witnessing opportunities I ever had because I didn't have to talk. <laughs> Billy Graham did it for me. All right, let's start to um, uh, let's start our initial descent here. And Jesus Christ, don't think that he doesn't understand. He does. He took his. He took his. He took the wrath upon him. Our sin upon Him. Tornado will take out the rich and poor. Jesus offers salvation to the rich and poor. You can be homeless today, but you can have a mansion prepared in heaven. He's got a place prepared for you. Eternal versus physical. And just like it rains on the just and the unjust, First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that He might what? Bring us to God. And that's what He wants. Being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the spirit one more passage of scripture and we'll be done romans let's go over to romans chapter 5 i know this is simple but well, let's get romans chapter 5 a tornado's path it shows no concern at all for the godly versus the ungodly no concern at all of the sinner versus the saint no concern at all over God's uh, friends and enemies, God's friends, God and enemies. But look at Romans chapter five, starting at verse six, we're going to read, "For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's who He came to die for. Everybody that's ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, you got a best friend? You're a military man. You'll take a bullet for your squad. You'll take a bullet for your family. Yet, peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But look at God. God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Here's what we know so far. Christ died for the ungodly. He's godly. We are not. What else do we know? Christ died for sinners. We have all sinned and come short. And then he goes on to say, much more than being now justified by His blood. We shall be saved from wrath through Him. I'm saddened. It wears me out what I have to hear of good families having their property wiped out and having their lives of loved ones wiped out. But God died for ungodly people. That's all of us. God died for sinners. That is all of us. And he commendeth his love toward us. Why? So we can be saved from the real wrath that is coming. I I know that these physical acts of tragedy are horrible to deal with. I know that. I'm not making light of that. I don't want to go through it. I don't want you to go through it. But wrath of God is going to be poured out on the ungodly and the sinners that have rejected the free gift that has been given to him. A tornado is going to rip out in a fraction of a time. And by the end of the year, it'll be repaired all but life. The wrath of God will be poured upon the unrighteous and the ungodly, and those that have rejected him, and he says, I love you, and I'm going to die for you to save you from the real wrath that is coming. Wrath is going to be poured out. If you care about the person that was wiped out by a tornado, if you care about the people that have lost their loved ones, care about the loss." who will be destroyed by God at the day of judgment and ultimately cast into a lake of fire to suffer for eternality. You think a man takes his family to the Philippines to suck on lollipops and give kids candy? People are dying. and They're going to a devil's hell. And someone raises their hand and says, I'm going there. And I'm going to tell them about Jesus Christ. We can't sit comfortably in our pews and expect revival to come over the hearts of people. We must in our hearts want to warn people that wrath is coming. The fire whistle has sounded. We woke our families up at 1.30 in the morning. We went downstairs because wrath is coming. The tornado will be widespread and everybody will be wiped out. Let's get to safety. And yet we see the lost man and the lost woman, and we walk right by him. When are we gonna man up and warn people the wrath of Almighty God will completely and utterly destroy you? Yet he loved you so much that he died for your ungodly, wretched, Sin filled black heart. Won't you try to rescue the perishing? The gospel doesn't fix what's not working, it completely replaces and gives you something that is 2,000% better. God didn't look down and say, let's build a better life for this person. Let's improve upon. No. He offers them and He offered us a completely new opportunity. And that's why it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's a new opportunity, not an improvement of the old. Would you bow with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Please, God, please. Revival must start in the hearts of Your men and women, Lord. Please help us to warn those. The wrath is coming. and That they can be saved because You love them so much. Please help us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.